Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Metcast, the official podcast of Manchester Metropolitan University. With the announcement of the government's strategy for a hydrogen economy in the UK just a few weeks ago, in this episode we will be exploring the role of hydrogen in a net zero future and how much impact this new strategy will have in getting us there. I'll be speaking to four experts from the Manchester Metropolitan University Fuel Cell Innovation Centre, a landmark £4 million technology hub leading the way in harnessing renewable energy. Amma Gaffer, Dr Ian Magley, Dr Yagi Aregami and Dr Laurie King join me to discuss the new strategy and the hydrogen economy in the UK. Amma, I will come to you first. So why is it that we need this hydrogen strategy in the UK? Yeah, if you look at, you know, that hydrogen is not, hydrogen's not a new topic, fuel cells aren't a new topic, but why isn't it kind of really taken off up until this point. The private sector is sat there waiting um, to see which technology vector to back. Um, Hydrogen is obviously seen globally as one that can reduce emissions at scale and help us achieve that net zero ambition. The hydrogen strategy is effectively going to do what it's done in other countries. So if you look at what it's done in Germany, it's started to unlock a lot of private sector investment. There's already a number of UK projects that are sat there contingent on the hydrogen strategy being released because yes, they are waiting for elements of government funding to support their projects but ultimately the vast amount of investment in hydrogen projects will come from the private sector but the the UK strategy effectively gives them direction and um, provides them with a bit of reassurance that the, the, the technology they're developing or the backing will be supported by the UK government and I think that's kind of critical to kick-starting a lot of the demand side of this so if you look at fuel cells, you look at the, the skill development, you look at vehicles, that's all effectively the demand side. The supply side is really the hydrogen and where that effectively comes from. I was just going to say, I think you can you, just to roll back a little bit on that. So why, why choose hydrogen? We all know that we've got to decarbonize our energy system. There are, there are three elements to that, if you like. There is the, the supply of electricity, there's the supply of um, heat whether that be into homes or into uh, industrial processes and this transport at the moment um you know it's right we've done a reasonable job i mean not huge job but a reasonable job in terms of the technologies to decarbonize electricity um although we're still pretty heavily reliant on burning gas in in that area um but we've done virtually nothing in terms of heat and transport and because those are locked into fossil fuels. So you need something that is capable of replacing the fossil fuel element. And hydrogen is seen as a probably the lead contender in that. Um, you know, there are people who say we should go fully electric, but it's difficult to envisage how you would do that. And even if you do do that, you're going to need a hydrogen strategy to provide your resilience. If I may add, I think it's really connected to your energy strategy and, and energy self-sufficiency going forward. Because uh, as Ian mentioned, we we are going to have to find a way to move away from hydrocarbon sources. And the best option we have for that is renewables because uh, renewables are obviously carbon free. However, the uh, biggest problem with renewables that we have to overcome is their intermittency. Uh, so 
there is enough uh, potential in renewables to supply all of the UK need energy needs, right? The problem is the disbalance between supply and demand. And you need some kind of a, a chemical, some kind of a carrier that can store energy that's produced during the uh, supply abundance so that you can release that energy when the demand is high. Now, it doesn't have to be hydrogen. If somebody can come up with an alternative, alternative clean technology, I mean, good for us. We'll have more than one. But as far as we know right now, the most mature technology to do that at the scale that's needed is the hydrogen. The real challenge with hydrogen is that the cost. It's going to be come down to can you do it economically? So basically, in technical terms, we don't consider hydrogen as a fuel. Hydrogen is actually a, an energy carrier but from a technical point of view. But when you put it into cars or put it in the furnace, obviously it's considered a fuel. I guess I would add, though, I slightly disagree with quite saying that whatever technology needs to replace fossil fuels has to be economically competitive because this is perhaps the point of a strong government policy is the sort of a nod to the fact that if we actually want to decarbonize society, there are subsidies, there are um, currently policies in place that help fossil fuels. And unless you take those away and then provide some kind of policy to guide the hydrogen or whatever, as Jagger said, whichever technology it might be, I don't actually know that we are going to find a completely cost competitive alternative. It's deciding that we we do need to reach net neutral in terms of carbon emissions and therefore we need a policy to sort of drive that forward. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with, with Laurie. I mean, effectively, you know, we've, we've spent over 100 years, maybe nearly 200 years using the atmosphere as a, as a, a free dumping ground for carbon. And, you know, lots of global like energy policy is, is linked into continuing to do that. And until, until that, whether you call it a subsidy or, or until that stops, then you, you're not going to necessarily be able to compare it. The, the, the only other thing I'd add, though, is, you know, there are now some academics saying that they can see a way to hydrogen becoming much cheaper to produce. But, you know, it's, it's all in the scaling up of processes. I mean, yeah. the U.S. just launched a policy and they want to get uh, one dollar per kilogram of hydrogen in a decade. So, yes, at the moment, it's five dollars per kilogram. So, you know, this is the kind of ambition that a country needs if you're actually serious about these technologies. I think what Laurie said there is key. It's about reducing that cost with that ambition. And if you look at, but I think that's just not about hydrogen, the electricity market in the UK needs completely reforming because if they are trying to electrify all of these technologies, our electricity prices are probably the highest in Europe, in Europe right now. Now, as a consumer, I'm taking it back down to the consumer level, do you want to be paying for all of those electricity costs for your vehicle, for your home? Hydrogen plays a role, but again, as Laurie mentioned, that cost has to be driven by the ambition of the country. Now, the America example is fantastic because it, it kind of shows what scale we kind of really need to get to. And I think it also goes to show that no longer can some of these private sector companies kind of leave the green technology as a nice to have. It has to be pushed forward. So 
if you look at the emission scandal that you know, some German car manufacturers had, that was really based around them holding back on some green tech um, and they're being fined. And that will happen more and more. Even it's been mandated into policy now where if you don't disclose your risk to climate change, you'll be fined as a private organisation. We would be fined as a university. I think that would be kind of helpful to kind of get through to the masses. And the biggest part and the biggest challenge that we will face is getting the consumer to kind of recognise that hydrogen is going to play this major role. It's already being trialled. I think we need to move past that point where we need to demonstrate it. It's got to be at deployment but with, with that ambition in mind, because without that ambition, nothing changes. You've spoken about the ambition of the country driving change in this area forward. What do you think about the goals that have been set out in the strategy? Are they ambitious enough to make real change? What we can say is that, you know, hydrogen is on the prime minister's agenda uh, and about the way forward. And he sees an important role for the hydrogen economy for the UK. But the issue really is one of, you know, bringing that not just having a strategy, but actually developing through into practical action. Yeah, I think it's probably worth adding um, that, you know, if you refer it back to, say, the 10 point plan, there was already announcement of a, of a number of different targets for hydrogen production. So I said five gigawatts of hydrogen production, which the high net project alone in the northwest will do around 85 percent off. So is it ambitious enough is probably the response you're going to get from a lot of industrial partners. In fact, we are getting that response from industrial partners yeah. to say, is it ambitious enough? If you look at the um, the 10 point plan, as you rightly say, Amr, there's a um, five gigawatt target. There are effectively three big projects currently running, all of which go a long way to completing, to hitting that target. And if all three are delivered, then we'll substantially uh, exceed it. So we have the high net project in the northwest, which is a um, a blue hydrogen project. So essentially reforming hydrogen from methane um, for use in the gas system. There's a similar um, project using a slightly different technology, but a blue hydrogen project in Aberdeen um, servicing that area. And then there's a green hydrogen project in Hull which will use offshore wind and electrolyzers to uh, develop hydrogen. So um, all of those are not not yet in the construction phase, but well into engineering design phases. It's good to point out that, you know, what the hydrogen strategy is, is it's really unlocking that supply side of hydrogen. And it's going to focus, you know, Ian referred to, you know, blue hydrogen and there's really effectively the strategy is going to cover blue hydrogen where there's its carbon capture uh, attached to it or green hydrogen where it's going to be produced from electrolysis. Now, hydrogen strategy is effectively saying to industry um, and the private sector that we back this technology and we have a uh, an ambition for it to be low carbon content. Now, I think the colours are going to kind of disappear from that and it's always going to look at the carbon intensity of the hydrogen produced. Ultimately, what we're trying to do here in Greater Manchester is focus um, within our region around the green aspects of hydrogen. Be, be very mindful that you know a lot of the hydrogen supply that will come eventually into Greater Manchester will come from the high net project, but there are a number of projects being planned um, around producing hydrogen at scale on a green basis through electrolysis. 
So you've mentioned Greater Manchester. Let's talk about what this strategy will mean for us more locally and also how the Greater Manchester Hydrogen and Fuel Cell Strategy will be supporting um, these ambitions. The, the difference between the UK Hydrogen Strategy and the Greater Manchester one is the UK Hydrogen Strategy will have um, some funding arrangements attached to it. The Greater Manchester one is really to highlight regional demand for the technology. Now, when that strategy was developed and it's currently going to uh, go before the GMCA board by the end of the month, so we will likely see a hydrogen strategy formally approved in the next few weeks. What that effectively says is that there are transport considerations, there's heat considerations for hydrogen, and it uh, will back up the fact that we have now uh, Greater Manchester's first hydrogen project in planning and that's quite a scalable project. It's going to go with an ambition of around 10 megawatts initially, but with the ability to scale up to quite a few hundred megawatts. So it's going to be quite substantial. Um, there's suggestions around what uh, role projects like HiNet will have in Greater Manchester. What are the opportunities for skills? What are the opportunities for fuel cell technology? It is really a, um, a kind of a footprint for colleagues across the region to follow to say if we're interested in hydrogen fuel cell technology what effectively can we do or how does this relate to the transport decarbonisation plan how does it relate to the net zero um, um, strategy that's going to be released there is a number of supporting strategies that are going to be released by UK government the hydrogen strategy is just one of them so the Greater Manchester hydrogen strategy is really just to say any national strategy needs to be underpinned by regional demand now, that's what we want our hydrogen strategy to effectively showcase, to say, you look at all of the people who were involved in developing that strategy, clearly we led the path in developing that strategy, but we worked with you know, Transport for Greater Manchester. It's been effectively written for the combined authority, but there was a lot of private sector invest, uh, involvement in that strategy to really show that we are ready uh, as a region to sort of take on board. And I think that's one of the opportunities for the strategy in Greater Manchester, it really lets the private sector know that we're ready to take hydrogen projects on. So if you want to get involved, come and get in touch. Yeah, I'll just jump in because I think you know the other the other aspect that we've tried to address when in, in looking at the strategy is is to take a very sort of holistic view um, and say this is not just about energy. And actually, one of the the biggest benefits that we'll see in the short term from from a switch over to hydrogen on the transport side in Greater Manchester is an air quality improvement. And given that, you know, air quality has such a huge impact on on health outcomes in the city, then then that's gonna, you know, also play in. So we're affecting not just the 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 sort of transport side, but also the the wider social benefits. And, and, and health side of, uh, of that. And these are all important factors of, of any sort of joined up strategy that you're going to develop in this area. It's probably also worth adding from an R&D perspective, the strategy also highlights that, you know, if there are what you know, you've got to look at, the, the fuel cell centre has been created to support businesses, but it's also been created to support the region. And it's there, uh, it's already supported a number of businesses within the region. And that's what the ambition uh, is to continue. So the ambition started by supporting and creating a sector for businesses working in lower stage TRL levels. And the ambition has to be with our hydrogen strategy and, and other interventions that we are doing as a university to sort of create that demand and increase it. So we are working with both um, larger SMEs and larger industrial partners so we can 
get them to really kickstart a hydrogen um, project in Greater Manchester, and that will be replicable uh, across a number of different organisations because that's effectively how we create market demand and we get the market going because that's one one of the you know aspects of the hydrogen strategy i think it's been driven by cities and regions um by and by the private sector who's saying we want to start hydrogen projects within our region but we need the private sector to sort of back us that's effectively what we want with our hydrogen strategy say we are here we're going through a bus reform um you know the mayor wants uh, a london style model to be adopted in greater manchester so there's a there's a brilliant opportunity to do that with uh, with hydrogen with those areas that can't be electrified there are a number of different opportunities for transport applications but all equally there's a number of different opportunities for heat applications uh, and i think that's what the hydrogen strategy will kickstart it will really will help a number of people across the region recognize the role hydrogen can play i mean the other thing to consider is that historically our region has been a manufacturing base for generations right and the future jobs that are going to come are going to in one way or the other involve something like hydrogen some kind of electrochemical um, process for all kinds of manufacturing all kinds of industry related things so it's really building up that skill pool in the region and we got to be ready when that industrial transition happens and it's already happening so Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Metcast, the official podcast from Manchester Metropolitan University. Your feedback is always welcome, as are much-needed reviews and ratings on iTunes. So if you have a moment, please head there and let us know what you think. You can also subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform. Until next time, goodbye.